What up, what up, what up? We are definitely back. This is Standing A Live and I'm the Tours. I'm here <clears throat> with my uh, supervisor. <laughs> thing to say, shit. I'll be, I'll be trying oh, to think of something shit. to say, man. I, I, I drew a blank. I couldn't think of nothing to say. But I'm back here with Capo. Y'all know him. He don't need no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. Damn Matter right. Fact, let him introduce himself. Hey, what up, fans? You know who it is. It's Jay Ford, a.k.a. The Capo, man. Glad to be back on the microphone this Thursday evening. Thanks for everybody tuning in. As usual, we're going to give some respect to those who respect us. Shout out to our sponsors, the ringside.biz. Glove to face, conceded nobody. Our loyal supporters, Nutrition Plus, Sims Boxing, CBA Promotions, Four Chance Promotions, and of course, last but definitely not least, all the fans who tune in weekly and, and give us love throughout the week, even on our Facebook page, Twitter, and our other social media outlets. I did not know we had a Twitter. We got a Twitter. <laughs> I did not know we had a Twitter. Hey, I ain't going to say who's supposed to be running the Twitter. But we got a Twitter, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, also, big ups to all the boxers and trainers, you know what I mean, who've been on the show and or in studio or appeared over the phone, man. We always appreciate the love. Always. Uh, once again, we're going to get rolling into today's show, the first show of the new year, 2018. We're going to kick it off with this day in boxing history. Uh, today, January 4th, we're featuring Floyd Patterson, who was born this glorious day in 1935. Uh, for those of you not too familiar with Floyd, he was a heavyweight champion and Olympic gold medalist winner in 1952. He had a record of 55 wins, eight losses, one draw, and 40 KOs. Uh, he was born in Waco, North Carolina, which I didn't even know there was a Waco, North Carolina, to be honest. I the only real only... Waco was David, huh? Yeah, I, I, that's hey, that's I swear that was a... <laughs> that's the first thing I thought was, was Texas when I saw that Waco. <laughs> Uh, so that was news to me. But uh, anyway, you know, uh, Floyd Patterson had a very decorated career. Um, he fought for 20 years as a professional, and he be became the world's youngest undisputed heavyweight champion at the age of 21. I can't remember the months and days because it gets real technical, and I know a lot of Tyson fans out there, I thought, I thought it was Mike Tyson and, and this and that, you know what I mean? Mike Tyson, he broke the record. Right. Uh -oh. But undisputed. Oh, he's young. Oh, he the youngest, youngest undisputed. undisputed heavyweight champion. Look, look, you just put me on the game. Mean? I didn't know that. Yeah, so I did not know that. It's 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 pulling hairs, as they say, or splitting hairs, so no, to speak. That's, no, but, that's that's a kind um, of achievement. But you know, that was one of the things that that has stood out in history. You know what I mean? And um, his first pro fight, you know what I mean, was against. Uh, let me look because I got to look at my notes. So I can't even lie on that one. Shit, I didn't even put the dude's name. But, you know what I mean? His first pro debut was September 12, 1952. What was you doing hey. in 1952 on his debut? Shit, hey, I, I was so asleep, I wasn't even thought of yet. I was, I was super asleep. <laughs> like, they say stay woke. I was so asleep, you know what I mean, in 1952. Yeah. Um, but kind of handing it over to you, Doc, what, what are some of the things you remember about Floyd Patterson's career? I know he was an early guy, but... Some things, whether it been footage and or See, man, I know you done slept since then because this is the second time that Floyd Patterson been on our uh, day in history. True. And, and we... Wait, and I, no, he got brought up through somebody else the last time in day in history. Are you sure? Because I know we got talking about his knockout over uh, Johannesburg. What is his name? Uh, that devastating left. 
We talked about Floyd, man. We talked about him. I can't remember if it's detail, but it ain't no biggie because this is his birthday. So this is a great time to bring it back up, though. But my biggest memory is that uh, I think it's that Ingrid Johansson like that. Yeah, they fought three times. The second fight. The first time he got stopped. Second time he came out with a vengeance. And he let people know that even the original pretty boy Floyd, mm-hmm. I am not this face. I will knock you out. And like this, that, and then him getting beat up by Sonny Liston. Yeah, them my two memories. Yeah. But yeah. like you, like you, I think he underappreciated. I, when you go totally. through the annals of heavyweight boxing history, he's uh, seldomly brought brought up. And I, I mean, I think he's underappreciated, man. He came like he came at the odd time of heavyweights, like at the end. Of a Joe Lewis and Rocky Marciano air, and then right before the Ali air, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying like he was like pushed in between there. So when you are between Ali and Joe Lewis, it's hard to be considered, you know, what I'm saying a great. And then when you in the sixties and seventies doing that murderous run of the heavyweight division, possibly the greatest era of heavyweight boxing, I don't think he's mentioned enough. I, I, I think because he clearly was the top ten heavyweight in that air, which I told, is like I said, the best air. I totally agree. And for me, one of my more memorable moments is when he fought Archie Moore, November thirtieth, yeah. nineteen fifty six, and and that's only because that's one of the fight footages that they show quite often because that's when he won the heavyweight title. Um, and then also just to also put a little like uh, baby was paid, put some respect on it. You know what yeah. I mean? He was also the first Olympic gold medalist to go on to win a pro heavyweight title. In any division or just heavyweight? Just heavyweight. Okay. Yeah, I, it's still I believe, accomplishment. Yeah, I, I just want that clear. Yeah. yeah, I believe it was just heavyweight. Um, but, but once again, even winning an Olympic medal and then having professional success in itself is, is a notch on your belt because um, I won't say so often, but sometimes a person may win a gold medal and not have – that success as a professional that you think they will have because of winning that particular medal. I think you would have been right to say uh, often because it's rare that a, a fighter excels in Olympic games are going to have a um, equally successful pro career. Yeah. It seems like it's something about the Olympic games that because I think to be unless you're exceptional for that to translate, you have to make a lot of change. In Olympics just basic slapping and scoring points. That's true. So unless you're just an uh, Olympics, just a super standout, stopping people or putting a hurt on people, leaving, it's hard for that to translate. And that's what some people, like we've seen a lot of younger fighters when they first uh, make that transition from amateur to pro, that they, they start off just scoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that brings me to his last fight, which was against Muhammad Ali, where he was stopped in, I believe, the first round. This was in 1972. But, but fans, keep in mind, he made his pro debut in 1952. This is a man who had a long career, a 20-year career in boxing, especially during that era where you're fighting so often, man. That, that's just crazy as I as I sit and fathom on that fact. And then you ended fighting Ali. I could only assume it must have been about some bread. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, I'm not saying he went into that fight um, lacking confidence or smelling defeat before stepping in the ring, but that's when Ali was was getting hot as fish grease. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that was uh, a 
historical fact that kind of stood out to me that I, I didn't really realize that Ali was his last professional fight. Yeah, I didn't either. That's yeah. a good fact. Yeah. So big ups to Archie Moore on his birthday today. Um, he passed away in, in May 11th of 06. That's my mama's birthday. No, shout out to uh, shout out to Ruby. Yeah. Shoot, on May 6th. I made a mistake. <laughs> Passed away at the age of 71, um, but a very historic career. Um, as we roll on, we're going to touch on some local news. There was an announcement made today by CBA Promotions. Big announcement. Um, that in 2018, light heavyweight prospects Malcolm Jones and Curtis Hill will clash. Is officially will clash in 2018. Um, these two gentlemen have fought each other in the amateur ranks, not as professionals, and this is one fight city. And or I'm going to say the region because, you know, both of these fighters are well known throughout the Midwest um, have been looking forward to this sort of challenge, especially here in the city. What's your take on it? I agree with everything you said and exactly how you said it. I think it's the biggest local fight that can be made. Um, It's been building up. A lot of people want to see it. I know that Malcolm has been wanting this fight for years and they're, they're going to get it on both fighters, um, stepped up to the plate in different ways last year and they, they came up short. So they're not meeting none of the most, um, you know what I'm saying? The circumstances that we would like to see, to see these fighters undefeated. Right. But still they're both viable fighters. They're young, they still haven't reached their prime. So, even when we do see them fight, it won't be the best version of themselves that they potentially can become. But they're still young enough, um, fighting for something. So, it's going to be an exciting fight. And see, and I like your last statement. I feel both guys are fighting for something. And there's an NABC title that will be on the line um, in this particular fight. But beyond that, and beyond what they say, like bragging rights and all that bullshit. I think these gentlemen are fighting for something because when you call yourself the king of the city or or whatever or the light heavyweight prospect of the city or a talent of the city, you have to face some sort of other becomes or materializes to truly be a huge test or not. I think you have to accept those challenges and face each other. And I know there was some um, (coughs) talk between, you know, other boxing heads of the cities of, you know, why are these two fighting? The the money's not right and things of that nature. But to build a career for me, I feel like you got to start to kick some people out the way. You know what I mean? And for both of these gentlemen to really propel themselves into the next level, I think one of them has to clearly be that man. I hate that anybody's talking about money in a fight like this. This is a fight that, I mean, when you talk about money, what's the money that you, the amount that you would uh, put up for these two to fight? I think bragging rights is important. This is to be the uh, king of your city, so to speak, of this division at least. So when you have a fight like this, like I said, we wish they weren't defeated. We wish it was on Showtime, HBO, but we can treat it like it's Showtime and HBO. Absolutely. As local fans who love fights, who want to see two young athletes, two young lions get out here and go at it? I don't. I don't see how you can criticize this at all. I, I totally you, agree. You I, have I totally to agree. embrace this fight and get out here and support these kids. Absolutely. And there will be a pre-fight presser 
at the Arts Garden inside the Circle Center Mall, Sunday, January 21st at 2 p.m., free to the public. Um, you will get a chance to see the fighters up close and personal as they take on questions from not only fans but press, but you also get their take on the fight and of each other. And I think sometimes that's what's lacking sometimes as far as promoting Indiana boxing. We don't we don't get to see these guys close up and personal and really get to talk to them and view them. You know what I mean? Outside of a fight night. You know what I'm saying? So CBA Promotions will be hosting that event at the Circle Center Mall Sunday, January 21st. Of course, Standing A Live will be there. You know what I mean? Make sure you come holler at us. We will be taking um, comments from fans family, friends, fighters, promoters, you know what I'm saying? We will be there in action. So please make sure you take some time and, and come holler at us. Any early predictions? Anybody you leaning towards? I mean, to be honest, I, I'm leaning towards Malcolm. And there's two reasons why. Um, for one, like you alluded to earlier, this is a fight Malcolm has been wanting, has been trying to talk up and, and get made. Two... I feel like Malcolm has just a little bit more power. I'm, I'm just siding with power right now. You know what I mean? And as I look at how, and I won't even say the opponents, but as I look at how they calculate and execute during a fight, you know what I mean? Curtis is a very relaxed fighter, very polished. I, I think Cedric's done a wonderful job with him, bringing him along. Um but watching that fight with the guy he fought in Houston, the, 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 the I can't even pronounce his name, right. the foreign cat. You know what I mean? But when pressure came and things of that nature, I, I didn't feel like Curtis moved the way I thought he would move because he's he's an athletic kid as well. Both of these gentlemen have athleticism, but I'm going to side with, with the power, and, and I'm, I'm going to go with Malcolm Jones on this one. And I'm going to take the other side. And the reason why I say that is because of competition. I think that even with Curtis being defeated in that fight down in Texas, he gave a decent account for himself uh, against a fighter who's highly touted. The fighter that he fought, like you said, I won't butcher his name either, but I had looked at him on YouTube and I wasn't impressed. Right. YouTube lied. Oh, absolutely. When I saw him in live action, he fought with... Uh, a skill set and power and familiarity that I don't think Curtis was familiar with himself. He hadn't seen anyone that polished and that well in their way. But if Curtis learned anything in that fight, and I'm hoping he did, especially with Seth in his corner to help him pick up on these things, I think that he should be able to apply some of those things against Malcolm. And when I mentioned the competition, both of these fighters were stopped. But Malcolm was stopped by a journeyman, mm-hmm. a fighter that we expect him to run Walk over. Through. So mm-hmm. when we bench in power, even if Malcolm has the power, edge, and offense, we don't know what his chin is like. Mm-hmm. If he can be caught like that, and we don't know what Curtis' chin is like. So, And this is no disrespect to either of these fighters' chin because anybody can Absolutely. be caught. The greatest fighters have been caught. and um, We're going to talk about my favorite fighter. He's been caught several times. But I just just based on activity mm-hmm. and then um, competition, like Malcolm beat up what's the dude from upstate New York, uh, Jimmy? What uh, you talking about, Jimmy Campbell? Did he fight him twice? 
Or, I don't think he don't fought, fought Jimmy Kimmel. All right, but but Jimmy's Jimmy makes that journeyman move. He's fought. Uh, Sims. He done fought a lot of good yeah, people. Yeah, and he done fought Sims and shit. So, yeah, you catching the older Jimmy. You catching yeah. the guy that's that's veteran, but I couldn't agree more as far as the competition. And but the what I want to say of, about that Jimmy, it's like Malcolm has fought people who's been around. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how much the experience is, you know what I'm saying, as far as competition. So, I'm, I'm saying uh, I'm leaning towards Curtis, but – this fight can go anywhere. It, and I think that the winner of this has a chance to reestablish themselves on the prospect radar. And the loser has a lot of picking up to do. I, I totally agree. And for me, I, I think we're both in agreement. Once again, like we both said, you know, in prior statements, this is a great fight. You know, I mean, no matter which side of the fence you're sitting on and why you pick a guy you pick, I think we all know this is going to be an action-packed fight. I think this is a fight that will sell well in the city. I, I, agree. I think I think fans will buy into this when they see this as the main event on this card. Fuck the NABC title; they looking at the names and who these guys are. And so, you, I think you will see a big representation of both guys' fan base. So once again, you'll see a different layer of their professionalism. You know what I'm saying? As far as who can sell, who's out there promoting, self promote. I'm gonna say self promote, not promoting, but self promoting. Um, and I think this is a great fight for Indianapolis because so often than not, the Indianapolis guys just decide to part ways and never come together. You know what I mean? So big ups to Seb for helping this thing, you know, take take place and CBA promotions. Um, and we look forward to not only covering the uh, pre-fight presser coverage, but also the night of the fight whenever that officially that date is officially released. Um, I believe it is in March is the rumbles and rumors I've heard, but I don't know shit for certain <laughs> as far as the fight night. So we look forward to that. Uh, fans, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with an interview with Lamont Sullivan of Four Chance Promotions, who will be informing us of some of the things they have in store for 2018. Please stay tuned. Everything coming through the crossroads I've been sitting 
shop up the whole time. Slow motion. Losing my grip on this gravity. Cold shoulders. No old hoes and time traveling. Did 10 songs in three days. Did a solo mix and a PA. I'm battle rappers for the free. Just to get a couple likes on my fan page. Mic check. All that fake jewelry. I'ma do an ice check. That shit hotter than a thousand. I just might sweat. I'm really stuntin', do a price check This is where I go in, this is not a test Alright, and we are back, thanks for staying tuned to Standing 8 Live I've got Lamont Sullivan of 4 Chance Promotion He's one of the principal heads over at that stable um, say what's up to the fans, Lamont. Hey, how y'all doing out there? That's what's up, man. We appreciate you coming on air. Um, if you could, just kind of fill the fans on a, of what some of your plans are for 2018 as 4 Promotions closes out 2017 and leads into the future. Uh, one of the things that we got and one of the things I'm looking forward to, as you alluded to, or you or your co-host one of the two alluded to about a proper build up to some of the fights that we have coming up uh that is going to be a new part or a, or a new wrinkle to the scheme as we develop as a company uh jason i think you know from the very beginning when we started this thing we weren't very polished and uh we didn't want to put more into the production uh than we put into the actual fights so as new promoters you know we kind of bounced around trying to figure out where to lay our hats and how to grow as a company and be profitable and keep the fighters busy at the same time. So I think uh, 2018 is going to be a big year for us as far as promotions, promoting the fight properly, and the proper amount of production to go with the big-time fight. Um, So that's what we're doing. Uh, We're looking at different venues. We got a venue that we're proud to uh, talk about a little bit. Um, One of them is going to be... Possibly the deal over there with uh, the D1 factory with uh, with uh, Mr. Teague. That might be the new home for four champs. We're in the final stages of that deal. And then we've also got, uh, we're in contacts and we're in talks with two of the three casinos in Indiana right now, trying to lock up something short and long term. So we got a lot of things on the horizon and we got some young stars to kind of carry that, carry that bill and that platform with Javar being five or six and no, he's ready to step up and take some junior titles. And of course we've been fighting the national gold, Glove, the previous national gold Glove champion, Frank Mark. So we're ready to do some big things, man. And I wanted to reach out to you personally because I think we've been doing a lot of self promoting. albeit some may think it's good. Some may think it's bad, but uh, I think what we have now and the product that we're ready to display moving forward, I think it needs to be pushed out to the masses a little more because I think people just don't know what we do. That's what's up. So, um, can you kind of allude to, you know, just some of the bumps and bruises that you've come across as being young promoters in the Midwest region and sort of what you've learned that's helped you to grow to create not only this new format for 2018, but just kind of to take you to new horizons? Well, most of it, Jason, has been, um, it's been really about building relationships. When we first came into the game, a rumor would throw off our whole fight card. 
you know how that is, man. Somebody can just put one word in the fighter's ear and they run off and they won't come back to us. Um, I think through staying busy, through the growing pains, we've canceled some shows, postponed some shows, but uh, I think just the just the, the stick to itiveness, the drive that Damon when I don't have it, Damon has it. And when Damon doesn't have it, I bring it to the table. Has uh, carried us to 17 shows in three years, and we're looking at another eight shows coming up this year. So as far as driving the market, we don't want to drive the market. We want to own it. But we also want to work with other promoters. Any promoter that wants to work with us, any fighter that wants to work with us, we are not greedy. We are just trying to keep the sport moving. Um, Jason, maybe you can fill me in, but prior to 2014, I don't think boxing was very busy. Um, I think we only had two promoters with active licenses, CBA and, and Bobby Hits. So when we got into this thing, we thought we were going to be one of three promoters and we thought we wouldn't have to do a whole lot of work to keep fighters busy. But the fighters just kept coming to us. Hey, we want to fight. We want to fight. We want to fight. The bumps and bruises came when some of the fighters weren't ready to carry a card themselves. And the city of Indianapolis was not willing to work together as a boxing community. That right there to me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that right there to me was the biggest hurdle. Trying to get people to trust us and give someone to vouch for us or work with us to give us an end. We didn't get it uh, as easy as we'd like to, but we got it. And because of you and platforms like this, it's making it easier to turn that corner. And we appreciate you giving us a shout out, most definitely. And before I go into my next question, I want to say your last show, you know what I mean, as far as showmanship and putting things together as far as a nice ring and a nice display. Um, it's a glossy product. It's becoming glossy. And what I mean by that is polished. It's, it's the little things that help a boxing show go. And sometimes, you know, fans, when they come to a fight, they don't understand and or appreciate the production that goes in to making it go boom, so to speak. Um, it's not only about the fighters, but it is also a lot about the look. Um, with that being said, when you came into boxing, um, could you just kind of give us some detail on, on who helped you to sort of formulate your ingredients to what you wanted Four Champs Promotions to look like? Oh, oh, man, let me tell you, that that, that vision right there started off um, with, uh, with Layman coming home from L.A. and uh, pulling Damon and I in the room and sitting us down and talking to us about a long-term vision. And we had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, No idea. We went to a couple of sets, boxing matches over at CBA. We traveled up to a Bobby Hitch show up in in Hammond. So we did a couple things to just try to get that feel. But uh, Layman pretty much told us, he literally said, man, I got to take you out to the ocean and throw you out the boat, and y'all got to learn how to swim. It's a sink and swim business. There is no manual. There is no tutelage. And, you know, it's no life jacket. Either you're going to get this or you're not. And, you know, he threw us out of the water, man. And we got bit by some sharks. You know, we got got hit by it all, Jason. We, We... 
we've we been there and we've done that. And through that, um, I think it's kind of it's kind of helped us get to the point where we now know that uh, what Layman was talking about. We didn't want to be a local promotion company. We wanted to be able to put on world class fights. So when uh, the next Layman Brewster comes along, they don't have to go to California to become a world champion. They need to be able to have world class fights right here at home. Because the home base, as you can see, Terrence Crawford is, has done it. Adrian Broner has done it. Your hometown team will take you, your hometown and your support and your fan base will take you where you need to go. And unfortunately, that platform wasn't available when the champ was around. And if you notice, every time he grabs the mic, he tells everybody he appreciates them supporting fighters at home because he never got the opportunity to put on a world-class fight here. And that's, that's our vision to make sure that never happens again. That's what's up. So as you come into 2018, what are some of the different tactics you will use to, to get fans not only exposed to the Four Champs brand, but bring them into the Four Champs fold as far as attending your shows and following some of your fighters? Well, at this point, getting, getting some quality fighters. We've been sifting through. Like I said, Indianapolis is really, really fragmented. And fighters are loyal to promoters, or they're loyal to managers, or they're loyal to trainers. And uh, that that pot of gumbo is hard to cook everything up and get the right ingredients. So what we've done uh, over the last few years is we've been busy. We've improved our shows. Uh, not every show, as you know. We, we go up sometimes and then we take two steps back but because we're consistently getting better and we keep our word. If Damon and I say something, then if it does not happen, the first thing that's going to happen is there's going to be an apology and there's going to be a course of action to correct it to make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, and with that being said, it has built a, a line of credibility in the boxing communities with opponents with managers as far as paying for us and stuff like that, it's uh, given us credit with them that they trust us when we say, hey, we're going to do this. They know that we're going to bring it. And with that, as you can tell by the fan base, they come out a little bit more and more each time. We still have a dedicated fan base, but I think 2000, well, I'm, I'm positive 2018 will be the year that uh, we go from an average of five or 600 in attendance to well over 1,000. So I think that that's within our grasp with the talent that we have on our roster currently fighting with with uh, Tapia on the come up and Frank on the come up and and Javar uh, as well. And uh, if we we play our cards right, we can quite possibly have uh, Pablo on the card as well. So with those four as a staple, and we're bringing down fighters from out of town. Chris Osley off the money team. Nate Jones is putting fighters on the card. Uh, with that mixture of big names or name people coming in and fighting in Indianapolis along with the local crowd. And hopefully we get some of these fighters back. Malcolm is going over to another. Uh, Malcolm has got a huge opportunity fighting up, but you know he fought majority of our, majority of his fights with four champs. But he's got an excellent opportunity right now to step out and do some bigger and better things. As those guys go, so goes boxing. So the bigger the boxing community is, the bigger the sport's going to be. And that's just good for everybody. 
Absolutely. So even even those things are going to help us out. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I'm going to hand it over to my co-host, Latouris, here, who has a couple questions himself. What's happening with you, man? Hey, how you? Hey, man, I'm good. How you doing? I'm good, man. First, I want to congratulate you on the last show. Um, when I looked at the setup, man, I, I was looking at the ring, and I was like, man, this looks like something that can be on TV. Like how y'all had the lights and everything, man. That that looked real nice, man. And appreciate that. I, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you two things about that ring and that setup is the same ring and setup that PBC used for all of their fights. That guy and that ring was used for almost seventy percent of all of Al Heyman's televised fights, except in California and far-reaching places because he was out of Chicago. If it was a one-day drive, then he drove that ring around. So those are the type of people that we're trying to link up with. He's got a, uh, the Rumble has got a hell of a son that's 11 and 1. He boxes too. So we appreciate you paying attention to the detail because, um, you know, for a while there, our ring situation was unreliable. And now we turned that unreliable piece into um, a, a showcase or a centerpiece of everything that we do. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. And we do that. Uh, for the fighting fans like yourself that's going to pay attention to those. We know it's important to you guys, so it's important, it's important to four champs. Yeah. I want to ask you, um, like we know it's from like large scale to small scale. It's a bunch of promotion companies. What do you think makes four champs unique? Like what, is there anything you try to do to stand out? Maybe not so right now, but that you plan to do to differentiate yourself, to separate yourself from the crowd? Work work with other people and just do what we say we're going to do. Uh, we've got some, man, I, I don't want to get on here and, and, and name drop, but we've got so many people that we reach out to. I mean, as far as Las Vegas, all the way to, to New York, Philly, and Florida. If you, if you go back and look at our cards and you look at some of the people that have fight, uh, we've had Pan Am medalists. We've had uh, Olympic medalists fight on our card. Uh, before Frank Martin, uh, we had Ed Brown. Uh, we had uh, James Franklin, which is a national Golden Glove winner out of Michigan. Uh, I mean, we've had some big-name people. We've had, um, I can't think of his name right now. It's getting away from me. But he put Jimmy Campbell out cold uh, up there at Sparta. Uh, Darnell Boone. He's fought Kovalev and Andre Ward. Yeah. You know, those relationships and just keeping our word and doing the things that we said that we're going to do and being a reliable source of boxing for uh, people in Indiana, that's what makes us unique. It's the relationships. It's the relationships that people come back to us and they put their fighters and their money uh, up because they trust us. And, and we give them value in return on their product. So I would like to say that's something that Indiana has, hasn't had in a while. If they've ever had it, I don't know. Because uh, I wasn't around for the old school promotions, but I would like to think that's what sets us apart. Because we're not trying to be local. Um, so, and just to piggyback like off what you it. said about not trying to be local, we had a listener who um, he asked us a question. He typed it in, and he wanted to ask how could like say for instance people down in Alabama get involved with the promotion, like help out. Um, he said like get involved with the boxers down there on some some uh, level. Um, the, the easiest thing to do is to call us. We, If you go back and check our Facebook page, even as far back as a year ago, 
when we signed our deal with Live Nation and Ticketmaster, the first post that we put out was, all promoters, managers, and fighters, call us. We can fill this thing. This is a platform for all of the local fighters to utilize, but let's use a national presence and some of the big-time people to help us gain the exposure outside of the casual fans. So we've got to leverage the, the, the national talent or the bigger stage to give the local talents a bigger appeal. And as far as anybody from Alabama, all they got to do is give us a call and we work with people, man. We, we, we do more pay-fors and we put more fighters on than Indiana has had in as long as I can remember. And I'm not talking about people just coming to beat up on the local guys, which we believe was the case back in the day. We're not just feeding Indiana guys to the to, to whoever wants to come in and beat us up, you know. But if it's a fair fight and it's good for both the fighters as they get older, then we'll take those fights. But anybody else can just call us and uh, we, we, we'll work with them. We'll get them on the card or we'll find them an opponent. Whatever we need to do, we'll make it work. Okay, and I'm going to give you one more question before I hand it back to Jason. Just, just um, imagine five years from now, where do you uh, envision Four Chance promotion? Like, if everything goes how you plan it in 2023, where could you see this promotional company? Uh, definitely with Show Showtime, HBO, or whoever TV deal, fighting out of all four major casinos here that's got the space in the room, and world-class boxing right here, whether it be somebody's manager calling us or... PBC calling us or somebody calling us to want to be a local promoter for a big show. We know that there's managers out here that have the fighters and they just need the platform. And uh, basically what we're trying to do is come up with a solid platform so that when there's a televised bout that comes along and somebody's got the time, we can throw our name in the hat and eventually start doing open purse bids for some of these title fights. We want to get in the mix with the big boys. We know it's going to take a while, but we think with the relationship and the firm base that we're going, there's absolutely no reason why Indianapolis cannot host professional boxing events because that's what we do best. I mean, Indianapolis is a sports town whether people wanted to come to grips with that or not. That is where we are. I mean, and why shouldn't we have a WBC or WBO or hell, anybody championship fights in Indianapolis because the stage is already set for us. All we got to do is be consistent fair and firm and then just go give what's ours. Uh, I'm about to give it back to Jason, man. Once again, congratulations on your last show. And I look forward, man, with eagerness to see y'all continue to grow. And I just want to um, say congratulations on what you got going on, man. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's a business, it's up and downs and stuff, man. Don't let the downs get you down. Get it back to Jason. Hey, hey I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, though. And this is, this is for me to you. And, uh, you wrote an article a few years back, and, that, and it stung a little bit. Yeah. But what it also, but also what it did was it made me and Damon, it, it made us cling to what we originally started off. Because that, that, that article hurt. We had a horrible experience in that ring room. And uh, we weren't sure. I think it was saying, hey, you know, what's next? Or where does four champs go from here? You know, man, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I have no ill feelings about the article. I just want you to know that uh, I, I appreciate that because that, that right there kind of made me and Damon dig deep and figure out what the next move for four champs. And I'm glad you wrote that 
because on a day that we might have took the day off and we might not have match made or we might not have made some phone calls or we might have been mad enough to not take a couple phone calls, that article made us go in and make more phone calls and make more contacts and, and put in more work. So, you know, we, we appreciate that because we didn't like the way that that, that taste, that, that, that failure of that night taste. And you might, you might be, and I know you're a reason that has pushed us over the top. So again, thank you for your honesty. And uh, I know they say all press is good press, but uh, it, it, it don't taste good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> it, hey. it, 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 did, it didn't taste well that night, man. So right. me and Damon did a lot of soul searching, and out of that came a new four chance, man. And, and, and we've been trying to live up to the, live up to what people want us to be along with not losing ourselves and doing that. That's what's up. Um, before we get out of here, man, can you give us any, what's your next fight date for four champs? Does four champs have a initial fight date that they're launching as far as jumping off 2018? I can tell you this. We're, we're looking at, we're looking at throw a quick show together, January the 27th, uh, right here at Lawrence Armory. I think we got the final nod on that right there. We're putting the final pieces and making the final contact as far as fighters and stuff like that. We're going to bring in some new name fighters out of Chicago that no one's seen. Uh, so we're going to bring some talent that we utilize on our platform up there because uh, I didn't think I mentioned it earlier, but if anybody's in, uh, listening and they're not familiar with us, we also are the biggest, busiest promoter for Chicago fighters as well. Uh, you know they got a lot of promotions up there in Chicago, Illinois, and different places. But we've got a branch. We got a branch up there that Chicago fighters they get with us, and we give them just as many fights as they need. So uh, we're gonna bring some of those fighters down here to Indianapolis, and uh, they're gonna get a chance to be exposed to Indianapolis. And Indianapolis is gonna get to see some really exciting fighters come down from Chicago. Okay. Uh, and then we're gonna try to keep the local fighters uh, busy. And we want to set it up because uh, I believe, and um, I'm, I'm positive we're going to come back with another car with our new venture with the Teague family over there uh, and Speedway at their brand new facility. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but we're finalizing the deal there. And I think that's going to be the show. So as you guys were talking about earlier, that'll be where we introduce TV into the deal. We are going to have a televised fight in 2018, and it's going to be in the first quarter. So as far as the promotion goes, all guns are going to be blazing for that March the 10th show. The January show is going to be to keep the fighters busy. Uh, the tickets will be cheap. We're not trying to make a lot of money. Uh, we're just trying to keep keep the fight fans coming. That's what's These up. huge lulls in boxing is what kills attendance at the boxing matches. Absolutely. Because there's just such a lull in between. So we're going to go, I believe, January 27th, come back five weeks later with a hell of a card. Um, I don't want Javar to get ahead of himself, but I think Javar is going to be the, going to be, uh, going to probably put a belt on the line for that for him because it's time for him to lead us to where we're going to go uh, as far as we go on this next promotion for a little bit. And then uh, we're going to plan on bringing Frank along in the same manner until we can get him because we, we know these two guys can be stars. How big of a star they're going to be, we don't know, but as far as that goes, uh, we believe those two are the next world champions, intercontinental champions. I think those are the two that are going to get us there. So, and uh, we have the same, same, same vision for all the local fighters that they want to come and get down. But those are two that we're invested in wholeheartedly. 
uh, as a company and everything else. So that's what's in store, bringing that TV money in here and getting these guys on the platform they deserve. But as you guys alluded to earlier, as these fighters are being built and as they work their way up the ladder, you know, uh, got to give it to them in the dose that they can handle it. You, you can't give them too much right. glitter and glass before they actually did the dirt work. Right. And and before we get out of here, you know what I mean? If you could just let the fans know where they can reach for a chance promotions, if you would just give us a couple site names, you know what I mean, and or phone numbers in closing um, that they can reach you and, and speak to you about fights and or bringing their guys down. Um, it'd be greatly appreciated. Yeah, they can reach us at uh, fourchancepromotions at gmail.com. They can also reach us at Four Chance Promos on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, we're Four Chance Promotions on Facebook. And we can also be reached at uh, www.fourchamps.net online. And uh, my phone number, 317-908-5410. And uh, Damon, who's, at, who, who's the operation of the company, he's, I just get paid to run my mouth. Damon is the real heart and soul of the company. He could be reached at 918 or 317-918-1399. All right. Give him a call and uh, we, we'll make it happen one way or another. That's what's up. We appreciate your time, Lamont. Once again, this is Lamont Sullivan of Four Chance Promotions. Um, you've heard the call, fans. If you've got a fighter or a friend who's trying to do more than just being, they need to call Four Champions and let them be your next friend. You know what I mean? We appreciate everything you've done uh, for Indiana Boxing Lamont, and we look forward to covering your shows in 2018. Um, once again, thank you for allowing us to come and cover your shows, cover your press conferences and things of that nature, and I think as you grow, so will we grow. And together, we make an afro. You know what I mean? As they say. Hey, man, yeah. I, that's, it is. You know, you tell your friends to get with my friends and we be friends. And, I'll be and we will be friends. See I'll be honest with you, Jason. This is long overdue. Uh, and I think part of the reason that it took so long is um, we didn't want to put, we didn't want to do more talking than our brand and our product. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's hard to get out there and try to sell something and you don't have a basis for all the fancy adjectives that are out there for you to be using. Mm -hmm. But I think right now, to be honest with you, just, just one more second, we have a little bit of swag. We go out there and we do what we do and we try to make this better every show. And I think it's, I, I think you're going to be prime. I think you're going to be happy to grow with us and go with us. Uh, into 2018 because we're going to take you to some bigger venues, some better venues, and some 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 big time fights. And we're going to watch these guys go from prospects to contenders and, and hopefully world champions. So that, you know how that works. So. That's what's up. Well, once again, we appreciate your time on the microphone tonight and, and tuning in to Standing A Live. You know what I mean? We will see you at the next show. Keep us abreast of your business. And once again, thanks for not only tuning in, but being a part of this telecast. Thank you very much, Lamont, and Four Chance Promotions. Hey, have a good night. Talk to you guys later. All right, brother. <coughs> Once again, that was Lamont Sullivan with Four Chance Promotions. They got a lot on their plate, it sounds like. But if you a guy wanting to fly high, you might want to holler at the four champs guys, you know what I mean? We're going to keep this show pushing. We're going to get into our national news. I know we're cutting short on our 
on our hour, man. So this is going to kind of be a flash by sort of thing for these last few minutes. Before but I go there. I'm glad that my article could motivate. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing with press, though. And, and not to put too much on it and to take too much time from from what we've been doing, but that's what press is. Press is honesty. Right. You know what I'm saying? Press ain't to be stepping on your toes. Press is to let you know what I saw from your shows. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, like he said, it, it left a little bit of bitterness, but the truth is bitter some motherfucking times. You know what I mean? That was no... That was no wrinkle on them to say they can't do it. It was a wrinkle right. on to say what I took in as a fan and as a writer that particular night. You know what I'm saying? So big ups to, to Lamont for understanding that sometimes it takes that outside view to let you know what people are seeing. You know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily to say you're doing <laughs> the wrong thing or you can't do something. It's just saying, hey, brother, that shit wasn't right. It's kind of like if... If you were selling crack in the 80s and you had a bad bag, and he called back and be like, man, that quad was boo-boo. My, my people done Great ran analogy. off. You know Great what I'm saying? Shit. They, they done ran off on me. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's sort of that same thing. And, and boxing fans are very fickle. You know what I mean? They, they gravitate towards certain fighters, and they gravitate towards certain news. You know what I'm saying? But honesty, like they say, honesty is the greatest policy. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy that they recovered, and um, like I was genuine when I said that. Um, I'm I'm excited about their growth. It was the show last time was pretty good, man. And if uh, the interview, the indication of what 2018 will be, 2018 will be, I'm excited for. Absolutely. So big ups to Four Champs. We appreciate Lamont appearing on the show. Um, once again, we're going to roll in the national news. Fans, bear with us as we kind of snowball this last shit. You know what I mean? As we cap off tonight's uh, show. But I want your thoughts on Iron Mike Tyson reportedly, reportedly <laughs> entering into the weed business. You know what I mean? He's involved with a 40-acre cannabis farm located in California City. Um, and, I, and I'm going to say it's, it's kind of two-parted as a comment and a question. Um, first of all, what do you think about Iron Mike entering the business? Second of all, do you think cannabis in any sense of the word or use inhibit certain fighters as they step into the ring? I don't think it inhibits, uh, yeah, what, what was that big word? Uh, I'm right here, don't have a dictionary, <laughs> inhibits. <laughs> I don't think it stops anything. I mean... And first off, I don't think anything about it. Only Mike Tyson, only a fighter of Mike Tyson's stature could garner press about this. Uh, it seemed like it's a money-making venture that he, you know, he, if you go to Mike Tyson with a few ideas and shit, he'd jump in on it and tell him, Mike, hey, I'm selling ice. Can you invest? I need you to sell ice with me. Like, 40 acres, that's a lot. Uh, weed in California is legal, so I don't know how prosperous it could be as opposed to him coming here and me and him discovering land together and selling <laughs> illegally. We can make much more illegally. <laughs> but it's just good to see Mike Tyson doing something, you know what I'm saying, p positive. Absolutely. Uh, something that's, you know what I'm saying, advantageous to him continuously growing as a man. It's crazy you talk like this about a man in his 50s, but we all 
not just us all, but we were led to believe that he was some menacing, capable of making conscious decisions, and he'd be dead at a young age. Mm-hmm. So to see Mike Tyson thriving out of bo- after boxing, because he's the type of uh, person who had the persona of somebody that was boxing or nothing. So for him to parlay himself into these different ventures where he was on a uh, hangover, how he had his own um, his own play. Uh, and now this, he's dabbled in promotions. It seemed like he's doing good, man. And Mike Tyson, we know that he had a lot of tragedies. Mm-hmm. So to see him win in any way, it, it's a beautiful thing, man. He he lost his daughter, his young daughter. He came up in a, on a treadmill. He on lost his uh, when his father figure and cussed the motto. He's been stabbed in the back by people who uh, he thought cared for him. Said the interview, listen to Robin Gibbons call him an animal. Oh, man. Um, faced a rape case in good old Indianapolis. Oh, man, what a tax man, attorney. Mike Tyson been hey, through so much. what a tax attorney. You know what man, I mean? he been through so much, man, that if you don't applaud, applaud him and anything positive, man, something wrong with you. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Absolutely, and I couldn't agree more. And the most profound statement you made for me, throughout your commentary on this particular topic is the state of the black man during that particular time, man. And me and you have had discussions off the air about being a young black male growing up in those times, late 80s, early 90s. I can remember, like I told you, my mom preaching to me, you ain't supposed to make it past 21 and things of that nature. And I, and I didn't really listen as an adolescent but it was true to that because the game was to corral what they so-called called beast and or animals, whether you a boxer, whether you in the street or whatever, man. So for me, I love to see Tyson shine. I don't give a fuck how he's shining. I love to see Tyson shine and I love to see the maturity. And, and not only that, the willingness to work with people instead of being guarded to take himself into the new millennium. Right. You know what I mean? So, big ups to him. I don't give a fuck about your weed farm. The shit legal. Why shouldn't he be selling it? You see what I'm saying? Why shouldn't he be an entrepreneur in a business that is creating billions of dollars throughout the market if you look at the scope of marijuana in legal states? You know what I'm saying? As our listener Jason said, he could be out here eating ears. So, we got to be happy that we we keep him off the streets. Hey, he went from (laughs) eating ears... To, to getting to overcoming fears, right. you know what I'm saying? Man, you've been because, rhyming a lot tonight, man. You've been rhyming well, shit, a lot tonight. Maybe it was because of that Floyd Patterson conversation. I, Floyd Patterson was the first pretty boy. Maybe that's what made me get on my employee, you know what I mean, this evening. But regardless, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, big ups to uh, big ups to, to Mike and continue his ventures after the ring. I got the gas. <laughs> He got that. He got that super unleaded. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, where do you want to go to next? As, as we start, first of all, we got to touch up on a future Hall of Famer, Roy Jones Jr. Absolutely. Has announced that he's fighting for the last time, February the eighth, in his hometown, Pensacola, Florida. He's 49 years old, and he's fighting against to be announced. If anyway, I can. Um, if anyway, I can make it down to Pensacola, I'm going. I have to see this. I heard that. And you know what? Maybe that's something we need to make for sure a venture. Because not only that, you know what I mean, has he been a anchor in the sport of boxing 
but he's already shown you he has many layers from being a broadcaster, excuse me, to still putting on the gloves. And I think for a gentleman like him, I will be glad to st see him step away. Not in the sense of being forced out, but stepping out. You see what I'm saying? Because Roy is a legend, man. He's a walking legend. So when I saw he was 49 entering this fight, I'm just sort of looking back like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow, he's still fighting at 49. Remember what the story was with George Foreman, the fighting for a title, and he's 41. He, yeah. He's 41. You know what I mean? And Roy's not going to go off on no high tail of fighting for a decorated title. But for me, I look at it as the fact of a man still competing at the age of 49. Period. Now, I'm just going to put it like that. Period. Fighting. We won't say competing. I'm just playing. Shit. I'm just you playing, can, man. You, you know Roy, my guy. Roy, yeah. my guy. Roy, yeah, Roy. I know Roy, your dude. Yeah. That's why I knew this was yeah. going to touch a certain string with you, but I'm saying competing. Like, he ain't getting in the barroom fight. Right. He's still fight. He's still training and competing, man. And I know for me and my fat ass, when I'm in that gym sometimes, nigga, I will get out that ring and go home. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can only imagine. I'm 39. Yeah. I can only imagine at 49. What sort of discipline, you know what I'm saying, and steadfastness, and not only that, a zeal or passion, for those of you that don't know what zeal means, a passion <laughs> for the sport that you love and that you've grown up in and that you've done so much for, you know what I mean? So, big hats off to Roy for that. Big hats off to Roy. Anthony Johnson state, uh, states the ongoing negotiation with Joseph Parker almost got... Complete says they're 95% there on unification about to happen in March in the UK. Your thoughts? My thoughts is truly, I don't give a fuck. I agree. I mean, totally. Unless it's, unless it's Anthony Joshua versus Wilder, I, I, really don't, I really don't care because I feel like those two are the names in the heavyweight division that need to clash and make it happen. For the, for the heavyweight division to pop. And this is why the heavyweight division is having such a problem is because everybody is diverting from the main street. Yeah. They want to take them side streets. You know what I mean? Meet me on the main street and let's, let's make this beef meet. You know what I mean? So, uh, who gives a fuck? Clarissa Shields name USA Today Female Fight of the Year. Clash of Tory Nelson next weekend on Showtime, January the 12th. Yahoo Sports also named as a Female Fighter of the Year. This goes without saying she, you can't find too many people who can name three female fighters, so... As far as on a high level, the way she dominated this year at a, uh, coming fresh up out the Olympics, taking on undefeated fighters and making them look regular, it was uh, without saying that she was going to be the female fighter of the year. Uh, this is the first time in history I'm looking forward to seeing a woman's fight. Uh, I can't wait to see the fight, and I got Clarissa Shields winning. Oh, I got Clarissa winning, but I think this is going to be one of her tougher fights. And I only say that because Tori Nelson came up through the trenches. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like when somebody that's a bully and they kind of decorate it, you know what I'm saying, and they ain't really fought, they kind of scare people out of shit. Now you got to fight somebody that ain't scared to fight. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I love this fight, and I know you ain't a big fan of women's boxing. You know what I'm saying? But for me, 
I, I love this potential matchup because we're looking at the young superstar versus somebody that was passed by far. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as decorated as Tori Nelson has been in her career and, and building those straps and things, she came through the wrong era, to me, of women's boxing. It just wasn't looked at. And Clarissa is helping getting some light on that particular field of the profession. According to the WBC champion, Adonis Stevens will be facing former WBC super middleweight champion Bobby Jackett. Stevenson is again once granted permission to overlook his mandatory Elendere Alvarez. Your thoughts? My thoughts are I love and I hate. Uh, I'm sorry, Alvarez. You're getting skipped over again. But Battle Jack versus Stevenson is something that definitely sparks my interest. That is a huge fight for me. I, I feel like for Badu Jack, this is a fight for his stardom. Not that he hasn't proven himself. Of course, he was a WBC super middleweight champion um, at the lower ranks or lower weights, however you want to pronounce that. Right. But I feel like this is a fight I want to see because I want to see Stevenson get pressed. And I feel like Badu Jack is not only an athletic fighter, He's a smart, calculated fighter who can press Stevenson to show me something different. If, if Stevenson can't catch Badu Jack with something early, and I'm not talking about something early to gain his spell, I'm talking about something to hurt him, I think Stevenson is in big trouble. I don't think Stevenson has fought a fighter of Badu Jack caliber in their prime. He beat Chad Dawson, but Chad Dawson was past it. And this Badu Jack fella... He's nothing to sneeze at. He's one of my favorite fighters. And it, I think his combination his body shot is going to be too much for Stevenson. And Stevenson's pretty long in the tooth. He, um, This could be the fight that shows us what Stevenson's made out of one way or another. Absolutely. And I think Badu Jack is a perfect guy to take them straps from Stevenson. I think he will. I, I, I'm just going to put that out there. He's a perfect guy to take them straps from Stevenson. That's all we got on the um, national uh, radar. Um, shout out again to Lamar for uh, taking our call, giving a great interview, uh, telling us what's going on with Four Champs in this 2018. Once again, local uh, fans try to get to the presser for the – Curtis Superstar Hill. No, is the name Curtis Incredible. Sorry, Curtis. Curtis Incredible Hill versus uh, Malcolm K.O. Jones. This is a fight that a lot of people have been waiting for. Including, and I think that press is going to have a lot of juice. Man. I think it is too, I think man. it's going to have a lot of juice. And we definitely going to be in the building. We encourage you to also be there. It's in the Circle Center Mall. Uh, where exactly? At the Arts Garden. At the Arts Garden at 2 p.m. on January the 21st. You do not want to miss that. We want to thank... Um, all the listeners for tuning in. Thanks for Jason for rocking with us on the chat as he does always. We Big are, ups to Jason in Alabama, man. Yeah, we always look forward to hearing you. You damn near make me feel like I need to come to Alabama and eat some turkey legs or something down. Not me. Down your way. You know what Not, I mean? The only thing I want in Alabama now is that weather. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> shout out to everybody. Uh, CBA promotions, four chance promotions, uh, nutrition plus, the fighters, the trainers. Everybody who uh, rock with us in any form or fashion. Uh, shout out to Phil, our um, Daisy Duke of a co-host. Phil, Ghost of Face. Yeah. Hey, you got a new name tonight, Ghost of Face. Ghost of Face. Ghost of Face. He the Ghost Face. He the Ghost Face writer. Hey, he the Ghost. He, he the Ghost Face of the Wu Tang. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
your ass be missing, but you be here. You know what <laughs> I mean? Straight up. Big up to our, our man, Philip Glutterface Harris. Uh, once again, if you have anything that you want to reach out to Standing A Live, whether it be an interview, whether it be a fighter you're trying to promote, please feel free to reach out to us via Facebook, Twitter. We got a YouTube page. We got action. Matter of fact, just call us Action Jackson on this boxing scene. If you want something to happen, hit Standing A Live for that action. Jason, a.k.a. Floyd, back with the senior. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>